Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today, I have with us a guest that has been here. This is the fourth time. I think it's the only guest that's been here four times. His name is Brent Zradnik, and he's the founder of AMZ Pathfinder. So if you guys haven't heard the past three podcasts, you should have. Brent is an expert and when it comes to ads. He started on Amazon, I believe, in 2015, but he already had this background from Google Ads. That's where he came from, and that's how he got started through, I believe, it was a friend that asked him for help, and then this exploded into um, Amazon Ads because when somebody's good at something, there's always somebody knock, knocking on their door for more. So Brent, welcome back to the show. Hey, Quinn. Yeah, it's been a while, but I'm super happy to be back. That's cool. It's a fourth time. You know, what do they call that in uh, hockey in Canada? I know three is a hat trick. What's four? That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Fourth trick? <laughs> fourth trick. Hat, hat trick plus a beer. I don't know. There's got to be something for that. But yeah, that's great. Um, uh, yeah, just great to be back. You know, we, we launched into a conversation right away before we even started recording about AI and the different ways that we're using AI in businesses, uh, you know, machine learning or just, I guess you could call it AI, right? Light AI. Um, maybe we could resume that conversation. Your audience find some of that interesting. I was I was digging what you were telling me. That was some mind-blowing stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I am super excited about this and uh, it's about time that I do a podcast about it. So, yeah, let's do it. And then We'll, we'll get into some PPC after. Uh, sure. Well, there's AI for PPC too. But the one we were talking about is, I mean, there's several that I'm using right now in my, me and my team for different things. And none of them were actually made specifically for Amazon sellers. They were made for something else, but you can, you can use them for that, for that reason. And one that we talked about was Rider. Uh, which is R-Y-T-R, and the site is rytr.me. Yeah, that's right. I found it here, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that one, it can write content for you. It can write, uh, man, I, I've tested it myself, and we can do like, you know, uh, a 2,000-word blog. You can do that in 10 minutes, right? Where, like, I, I see content writers that to do a 2,000 word blog that is like seo optimized and stuff like that it could probably take a couple of days right that's just incredible okay. to me yeah the, the, like that this is like uh, orders of magnitude faster than, than doing these things manually but also just the fact that the quality of what it comes out with you know according to you which you know i, I definitely believe your testimonial here and another one i brought up uh hypotenuse it's called like mm -hmm. a, a hypotenuse ai um, which is someone that someone forwarded me just two or three days ago. I, I you know, I gotta say, I haven't tried it, but I passed it along to some other agencies I know that do copywriting stuff. You know, we do a little bit of that now too. And this is specifically for uh, copywriting, you know, uh, for content for products and such. And you're telling me you can use this writer and you might be able to use hypotenuse in the same way. Basically, you know, you, you stick it on a product listing of a competitor or something, it crunches it, looks at it, and then comes up with something that's similar, but but different, right? And then of course you can use your human touch to improve on it after that. But that yeah. is such an interesting idea. Um, if you just target, you know, the top seller in the category or one of you know, a competitor that has a similar product to you, it, it's so amazing to think about that. Yeah, you know, we do, we do that and it does need the human touch um, and, and Grammarly uh, because I've found sometimes, right. um, I don't know if if it is um, like the difference between some Canadian and American typing words. 
you know, sure, like, just spelling. Yeah, like yeah. favorite and stuff like that. Sometimes it triggers my grammarly, so I haven't actually realized if it's just a misspelling or if it's just the difference between uh, countries. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes what we do is uh, not even just the bestseller listing, but like the fastest growing listing because it's there's a re- the bestseller sometimes could be the bestseller just because it's been there on Amazon for ten years. True. Uh, right. Uh, and while the be- the fastest growing listing. Uh, it's growing for a reason, right? And it could be the listing, or it could just be the the three hundred thousand uh, dollar marketing budget that they have behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of PPC, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what we do is sometimes the listing that we do like, throw it in writer, and then tell it rephrase this, and it can only rephrase three hundred uh, words at a time. Okay, huh. so. You can't just, uh, is it, it's not characters, 300 words um, or characters. I can't remember. So you have to select and say, rephrase this. And I, I should probably open it and just see if it's words or, I, I believe it's char- well, characters. Yeah, characters okay. is pretty short, but words I could see. Yeah, but either way, it has a limit and you have to, you have to do it in chunks, huh? Yeah, and it's 300. And as you select, yeah. it, it, the number shows up uh, under your mouse. So it tells you how many you've selected. When you get to 300 or 295 or 250, right, you select a paragraph and then say rephrase it, it will rephrase that and it takes a second to rephrase something. Huh. And then there's another option right now where you're still selecting it, selecting it, where it runs the entire internet for plagiarism. And if it passes the plagiarism check, um, like it, now it's, you own that content. So it's it's fascinating. Yeah, that last part's wild too. I wouldn't know where to look for that. Um, like if there's some kind of service out there you can use. I'm, I'm sure teachers uh, use that kind of stuff all the time for their students <laughs> to see if they're uh, above board. But uh, never never something I've run into in the PPC world. But I love the idea of like repurposing tools um, to, uh, to to do things on Amazon that you didn't that they're not necessarily meant to do in the, you know, in the first place, a good example I can give you is uh, a service that, um, I know the founder of some of it biased, obviously, but, um, it's called conversion crimes. And what they do is user testing with videos and prompts for people on websites, right? So it's really designed for like, okay, you, you have a, um, uh, you need user testing done for your website and you want to get uh, raw feedback from like trained users who are led through a series of prompts in this kind of workflow, right? And so we've done this for our own site um, and it's very helpful because it lets you see inside of someone's head for 15, 20 minutes as they talk through their decision-making process on a website. But um, people were using this tool you know, for websites and doing it for their Amazon listings. So they would have uh, qualified you know, Amazon shoppers who are like Prime members come on and they would look at the product and they would be walked through a series of questions. And they would say, like, what are you thinking when you see this competitor? Like, you know, would you have any questions about the product from what you've seen? Like, what photos do you look at first? How, what do you think about the price? Um, how, is the description useful? Uh, you know, what do you think about this feature or benefit? And so uh, we have clients that are using this to make improvements to their listings and just gather feedback in a very uh, accelerated fashion. So um, actually, it's funny. The, the person who's the founder of this tool is also named Quinn. Nice. <laughs> um, it's a woman. She's a friend of mine. Her name's Quinn. Uh, and she, uh, yeah, she had a, uh, uh, like a very high-end A-B testing conversion rate agency. And she wanted to make conversion rate uh, and conversion uh, testing 
you know, user testing, uh, mostly for e-commerce, but then like it's, it's spawned into many other things, uh, much more affordable for the masses. So she came up with this like software as a service and it's, you know, real users on the other end who are qualified and vetted, but people are using that for Amazon. You know, she, she didn't know about this until customers started telling her, oh, I'm using this for Amazon listings. And then she thought, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> wow. It's, it's incredible. You know, I, uh, I was just thinking here about a couple others that, uh, and I'll throw a couple out there that were not made for Amazon and yeah. cannot be used for Amazon. Okay. But they are so fun and creepy at the same time. Okay. So <laughs> there's one called my, my heritage. I think it's just myheritage.com. And then what they do is, for example, imagine there's somebody that passed away and you have a picture of them and you miss them and you miss their smile, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You can upload the picture of them to this my heritage thing and it analyzes that picture and then makes a quick video of it with that person smiling, blinking at you. And uh man, I did <laughs> and I uploaded <laughs> I uploaded a picture of my dad. And um, it, <laughs> it is, oh it my is gosh. so funny when it's like you're looking at it and then suddenly he smiles and like, my goodness, how can, you know, they, I guess it, uh, it learns the facial expression through that one picture. That's and incredible. It gets it to move. But there's another one and I tested this one myself. I got a subscription for it and it's called Sound Raw. Sound Raw. It makes music, all right? So I don't know anything about music. I never made music. Uh, I learned how to play, play the flute uh, when I was <laughs> when I was in school because it was <laughs> I, I think it was mandatory back then. Me too. That must have been mandatory for North American uh, students of all of all stripes. Yeah, I was in a totally different part of the North American uh, land landmass, and I was doing that too. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, in, in like two minutes, I created. Music, so it, there's no lyrics to it, but with this thing, you can tell it. You know those videos you see on. I don't know if you have noticed them, but if you want to make videos to put on YouTube, like uh, eight hours of relaxing nature sounds or eight hours of yes, piano, yes. whatever, you can make these here using the sound raw, and you can tell the AI, what you want. Like I want classical music. I want piano and then a bit of this. And then you can tweak it with the tools that they give you and you can make like things that are, that you own the rights to them because <laughs> these didn't exist before. Right. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's almost like generative art to a certain extent, like where you can put a, you know, your, your code is the art and it creates a visual piece of something that is unique but it's generated, you know, that that's also pretty interesting. Wow. Isn't that you, a you're really scary? Under- that- uh, yeah. I mean, just like these deep fakes for videos, like in the one you mentioned to me at some point earlier today, when we first jumped on the call, which is like, it, it's able to emulate your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, that's also like a little, that's getting into a little bit scary zone for sure. Um, yeah. So I, I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I was thinking the people that, that study this and, and, and dedicate five, 10 years or whatever to their music making skills. And then suddenly there's this AI where I don't know anything about it. And I click my mouse 17 times and I make this tune that may be better sounding than theirs. Yeah. You know, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's mind blowing. Yeah, and, and that one that you just said about the uh, voice imitating for for you guys listening, it's a tool that you it gives you something to read. You read that, and it gives you about ten minutes of reading material, and then it records your voice. And it takes a full day or so to analyze it. And then it comes back to you the next day and it can speak with your voice. So the reason why I, I got this from Pat Flynn, like I told you, and the reason that Pat Flynn actually uh, tested this was so somebody else could use his voice to edit things on the podcast. You know, sometimes if you're doing a podcast, and there's a second where you're speaking and it didn't sound right or you pronounce something wrong. Like it happens mm-hmm. to me all the time. I'm always pronouncing things wrong. Mm-hmm. But the person that edits my podcast, she can type what I said wrong. Let's say if I pr- mispronounced your name, mm-hmm. she can type it. This AI will read it using my voice. And even I don't know the difference. I tested it, Brent. I don't know the difference of my own voice. Yeah, that's incredible. What's that one called, Quinn? What's the name of that? Uh, let me see. It is AI Voice Generator. Uh, let me see if it is this one. Yeah, now I'm just real curious. And then we can hop to PPC or something. Because huh? <laughs> this one, I don't think people can use for Amazon, but still deeply interesting. I feel like uh, it's something I'm going to play with after the, after the call here. Yeah, let me see. I'll get that one for you. All right. And it is... I think, it, oh man, I don't want to get it wrong, but I think because I have a bunch of them now saved in an AI folder. Mm. And I think it's Well Said. Well Said. Okay, that's a great name too. Well yeah, Said. Well and it's from Well Said Labs. Uh, I'll just double check. Yeah, if, uh, I, I mean, I think the name sounded different uh, before, but um, if it is different, I'll just put it on the show notes. But I think that's it. Well Said. Voiceover production, interesting. Build your own voice avatar for branded content. Yeah, this looks this looks like what you're talking okay, about. So that's probably yeah, very cool. <laughs> nice. Now uh, let's go. Let's get into PPC because this is probably what uh, people want to hear about. Although <laughs> AI stuff is super cool, and you can use AI for PPC as well. Now, um, are you still in France? Yeah, yeah, I live in Montpellier in southern France. Uh, yeah, I've been here for a few years now. No, no sign of changing. You know, uh, it's been a while since we talked. I know Quinn, but you know, I was here all, all COVID lockdown, of course, and mm-hmm. uh, through that. But been traveling a lot more in the second half of last year, and looking forward to getting back on the road for conferences and also cycling events this year. So, yeah. awesome. I actually had uh, me and the wife. We were talking about going places since this kind of laptop lifestyles like people call it allows us to be anywhere we want in the world technically absolutely Uh, absolutely but the reality is i'm always in the same place and i talked about it with the wife and she came up with south of france so what if we go and spend a year in the south of france and that was the option number one uh so i don't know if it does go through maybe you will you will have visitors, right? Sounds good. Well, in my opinion, if that's option number one, you don't need an option number two. Just stick with that. You're good. <laughs> so, uh, always happy to always happy to play tour guide a little bit, or uh, let let you know where some cool places are, places to avoid. Uh, I've, I've been to a pretty good amount of areas down here, but not everywhere. You know, there's always a new place to explore. Yeah. Well, it was her option number one, but uh, we were divided because I have a, a farm in Portugal, which is you know just 
hours away. Uh, I don't know, um, 15, probably 15 hours That's away right. or so. That's right. Um, and since it's already there, right, it would be kind of the weather is is beautiful to all year round. And uh, right, right. Anyway, uh, we haven't made any decision yet. So that's also a good option. I remember that from talking to you previously, the family connection there and everything. Yeah. So um, how many people on your team uh, right now? I think we're at 30 now, uh, 29 or 30. Yeah. So we've grown a little bit since last time, but, you know, that was just kind of a, a natural a natural occurrence with with uh, COVID and the and the whole market blowing up for a year and a half. Thanks to that, I mean, it, at the beginning it seemed like, oh, are we going to lay some people off? And then no, it, it became quickly evident that we were going to be hiring people. And in fact, mm-hmm. we needed more capacity because our clients' businesses were in many cases doing very well, and many other people that got in touch with us needed help. So things just kind of naturally grew. Now we're seeing the uh, you know the opposite effect of that now, which is that people are looking at year over year numbers and saying. Oh man, I wish things were like what they were in uh, March or April of 2021 or even earlier, right? Because many of them benefited tremendously from that boost in e-commerce. And now with people going back into stores, you know, the stimulus checks not uh, arriving anymore. Like there's a bunch of factors related to that. I mean, some of them might even be just current world events, which you know we won't get into here, but there, there's a, a complex entanglement of reasons, including things like supply chain, why business on Amazon is much tougher this year. And I think all of your listeners who are sellers can definitely empathize with that on a very visceral level, having experienced that themselves, I'm sure. So yeah, there, I feel like there's a bit of a the t- the tide's coming out a little bit on e-commerce and on Amazon in particular. Um, you know, just from my experience with it this year, so it's a bit tougher than it was. Mm. And it's true, and things are getting tougher. There's, uh, I mean, there's every day there's thousands or hundreds of thousands of new sellers coming in, and unfortunately, a lot of them do not know enough yet. They they do launch with. Uh, uh, with zero experience and i mm-hmm. i got a call just yesterday from somebody that they were looking for amazon and then they found my number and they called to find out if i was amazon and i said no it worked oh wow so, that's that's unusual i've gotten one call like that years ago i got one call like that from someone who thought that i could help them with something related to um, DSP, but not Amazon DSP, like the ad platform, which we do run and have clients with. It was a delivery service provider, which is like Amazon's wing for, um, you know, their trucks and stuff that you can become like a kind of a micro entrepreneur and own a company under that, which is like, you know, maybe a fine business opportunity for some people, but I don't know anything about it. Uh, And I just remember receiving that call. I was very confused. The person was also very confused. Uh, Yeah. So a case of mistaken identity for sure. Yeah. Um, and mine was I actually did try to help her, and uh, I hopefully I helped in, in that particular case. I did, but uh, I think she's going to need so much more help. She had listed her items for sale, and this looked like it was a wholesale company or a wholesale business that she had. She mm-hmm. listed her products on listings that existed in the USA, but she wasn't in the USA, and she couldn't find her listings anywhere. Ah. Right. And, you know, it's listings that have 10, 15, 20 sellers. And then on top of that, she didn't have a U.S. zip code. So when she searched Amazon.com, hers wouldn't show up because uh, she was searching with the zip code uh, or the address of what country she was in. Right. Well, I guess the country she was in was in Canada. That's why she found. Right. And it it didn't work. Yeah. That's how she had your number. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like, um, it, it's surprising to me still that people are getting into the Amazon space that don't have some level of complexity uh, and understanding, like technical understanding, technical background to be able to understand what they're getting into. And I'm not very clued into what I will call the, you know, the entry level podcasts and, you know, communities and stuff. I know some people who are a part of those or run them, but I don't really know or get a sense of like who is in there. I mean, it's not that I don't think that opportunities on Amazon still exist, but I am of the opinion that um, the golden era of Amazon, you know, especially from an advertising perspective is, I don't want to say over, but it's definitely uh, closing because, if we look at the search landscape in 2022 here, recording this in you know March 2022, like um, if you go and you search on Amazon.com or even you know CA or UK, any of the larger markets, and you put in a keyword you know native to that country's language, and you don't have ad blocker on or something like that or some other thing to manipulate your search results, you're going to see a lot of things. There's going to be sponsored brands at the top. There's going to be a whole row of sponsored product campaigns. There's going to be some organic results, yeah, they'll be there. But then there's going to be sponsored brands video. Then there's going to be editorial recommendations. There's going to be top products from our brands, which is in some cases Amazon inserting their own products in there. And some of their organic results may also be Amazon products. And you might not even know because they're not labeled as such, clearly. Um, so I feel like, you know, ads are eating all of the real estate space. And I say that as someone who's been, you know, running advertising in, on this platform since 2015. I remember when it was just one or, uh, you know, two or three ad slots at the very top. And that's about mm-hmm. it. You know, sponsored brands didn't exist. And there were many more opportunities for cross-selling in, or, in organic fashion. But now everything is increasingly pay to play in 2022. And that's like one of the major points that I want to communicate with your audience, I suppose, because I've certainly seen that in the data. Um, We see that in our clients who have a larger and larger share of sales from advertising versus organic, which is something that we actively try to help them fight against because we want to make sure that there's a balance. You know, while we run ads and we like ads, we don't think that ads should be 60, 70% of your sales. That's that's getting into ridiculous territory. I mean, there should be a balance between these. And um, yeah, I really, I really am starting to worry a little bit, actually, because I think that Amazon might be laying it on too thick uh, with ads and that they're going to start eroding customer shopper trust. And people uh, who are less technically savvy, I think in some cases, don't even realize that they're clicking on ads. And that, yes. that in itself is... Um, harmful because you know then the, their perception of what a fair platform is something that's algorithmically balanced and is surfacing the best results for them is in actuality just people paying uh you know a dollar fifty two dollars five dollars uh, six seven dollars you know some of these cpcs we've seen are getting crazy um to be found in the top slots or whatever whatever it is um so that stuff causes me some concern you know i'll be honest with you guys uh that's that's something i'm tracking pretty carefully yeah you, you know what you're you are you are right when you say that some people that are less technical savvy they uh, are always click on ads and some people are clicking on their own ads. I have I have clients that tell me that oh today I found my listing on um, they were number one on the page on Amazon like really so it, and then go and check it's the ad and they go <laughs> and they click on their ad every no day no 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 <laughs> because every day they do a search for their keywords. And then they find their ad and click on the ad. I'm like, well, if it says ad, don't click on it for a few reasons. One, it's going to cost you a couple bucks, right? And two, 
you're throwing in a click in there that didn't convert. So if you do that every day, you're going to give me, you know, seven clicks a week that are not converting for anything. It's not. <laughs> yeah, that, that's terrible for a whole number of reasons. And, I, and I'm honestly shocked to that there would be people who are experienced sellers who are are doing that. I mean, you, you think that they would have, yeah, the, the understanding to, you know, see the, the sponsored ad disclaimer right at the bottom there and really steer clear of that. Um, but it, it is it is notable that, okay, they're number one or what they're professing to be is number one. Yeah, I mean, that's in many cases just an ad. <laughs> um, so yeah, th- things that keep me up at night sometimes when I'm thinking about the future of uh, Amazon industry and ad industry and where we fit in the whole circumstance. Uh, you know, agencies always have a space. And and if anything, you know, this is becoming more complicated, more complex. There's more ad types. There's more options. There's more, uh, you know, pitfalls and, and dangers that exist out there. So really as an agency, our positioning is still quite strong because we're able to decipher and decode all that and translate it for our clients into language they understand and you know make it effective for them. Yet at the same time, there are pressures that are on them that are on, I would say, most other companies that we, uh, you know, that are our competitors uh, for uh, for uh, our clients, and that's like the ACPCs have gone up. You know, average cost per clicks have gone up in many marketplaces and in many uh, geos. I didn't used to believe that, but I watched the data, you know, year over year, and now I can say conclusively from our own data that is true. You know, that is what is happening. Um, Amazon even has a report. Um, I think it's just called the budget report. But if you look at the budgets beta tab inside of uh, advertising console, you can see, you know, average time in budget for campaigns, right? Mm -hmm. So that's usually given as a percentage. Now, if you download the budgets report, and this is just for sponsored products, mind you, um, if you download the actual report, you can see another field that will show you uh, for whatever time frame you're looking at this data for the same campaign last year. So if you had that same campaign running uh, a year ago exactly for that same, let's say, month period, two-week period, whatever data period you're exporting the data for, it'll show you the information from that last period. And what's interesting is one of the fields in there is the CPC. And so you can see, oh, okay, well, we're paying $1.36 now, but last year this time it was $1.15. Well, there you go. That's Mm -hmm. That's a pretty substantial percentage increase. And it's um, shocking how many accounts we pull this information for and we look at that column. And, you know, not not all campaigns, not all products, not all categories, but uh, enough of them that it's noticeable, especially the ones that are spending the most. You know, if we look at, if we sort it by spend, we can see, oh, this is more costly than it used to be. That's that's concerning. Um, and despite Amazon's, you know, laying it on thick with the ad inventory, like we talked about, still, uh, there's so much demand that the, the actual cost at auction is increasing. So... If a new seller comes in now, and we all know that the cost per click of some of the really good keywords or, or the most wanted keywords are through the roof. So if somebody comes in and launches, let's say one of the expensive ones is like vitamin C, right? Mm. So mom and pop, they decide they want a part-time. They, they don't have 200000 to put in for monthly marketing. Do they have any chance of running PPC for vitamin C? Yeah, uh, th- that's a multi-layer question. Let mm. me answer. Uh, let me answer from my like totally honest take. Yes. Uh, pro- probably not. No. I mean, my first instinct would be to say no. And if if the answer is yes at all, then there's a glimmer of hope, which is yeah. If that product listing is going to convert like heck, it's going to have a really high conversion rate. Then it may be worth it for mom and pop to spend six, seven dollars a click if the conversion rate is. Uh, you know, 25, 30, 40%, which on supplements and stuff, it can be in some, in some cases, that's, you know, a bit, a bit, a bit out of line, but it can happen 
um, in advertising and certainly organically. Um, so there are clients for whom we bid uh, in single keyword campaigns or very focused campaigns for this like, top of search placement. You know, you can do the bid modification by placement. And because we know that for a, a small handful of keywords that are hyper relevant for their products, um, we can get a conversion rate on those that's good enough that it actually makes financial sense at the end of the day. So if that launched product, you know, after let's say a couple of weeks or a couple of months is in that scenario, uh, even though it's a really competitive environment for these top keywords, it may be possible for, uh, let's say, the average Amazon seller or someone who's not backed by, um, you know, uh, VC money from uh, uh, an aggregator, you know, to 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 find themselves in that position. Maybe they need to use an AI, like we talked about earlier, to help them with copywriting and, you know, have the images be the absolute best they can be. Most of our clients who see a lot of success also have off Amazon uh, brand awareness. You know, that's something that's really huge. Yes. So if you have a... Yeah, if you're on website and you have some groundswell on social media platforms and stuff like that, that really helps. So all those things are going to um, combine to, to maybe give you a fighting chance. But I mean, just think of it from the perspective of, um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess my, my approach would be like, why, why is it that you as a new seller should have the ability to convert or be able to compete in a marketplace if you haven't proven yourself or you haven't lasted long enough in the game or your product hasn't been hammered on by a thousand reviews, you know, one, three and five star and otherwise that you've improved it such to the point where it really is actually going to hold up to the test of time. That's an asset, right? That That's not something that's built overnight. That's something that takes time and energy and yeah, yeah, money too. So, you know, reinvesting in profits or whatever it is. Um, but the, the way I would uh, phrase it, Quinn, is actually like, if you're in that position, you should really try to go wide versus going deep. So mm -hmm. the way that traditionally Amazon advertising has worked uh, for years is like, let's really hammer in on this keyword or this set of keywords because we have a hypothesis, which I think is reasonable in past years that, okay, we're going to put a bunch of money into these. And because of that, we're going to get a bunch of exposure. That's going to help organic. We're going to rank better. Uh, you know, there we go. Now we're going to get tons of sales. Um, what matters a lot more these days is conversion rate, click-through rate, you know, add to cart to purchase rate, all these things that have to do with actual checkouts, not just like pouring money into something or throwing money at something. Um, a good example, we did an audit late last year, I remember, for um, a brand that was uh, brought to us by an aggregator because we, we do these kind of audits for aggregators that are looking to buy businesses. Mm -hmm. And we saw one where they had spent uh, 45000 US dollars in 60 days against a single keyword. Um, and they had just been pouring money on this in an effort to get it back to where it was organically uh, some years ago. This account was aged, you know, it had been around since 2017, if I recall. And this is a hyper competitive space. I won't go into which, but, you know, it, it was such that this keyword is a very obvious term. And they had just poured money on it and, and it hadn't, it had not done the job. You know, the conversion rate was okay. The ACoS was a bit high, but like it was not having the intended effect of helping them rank organically. They were just throwing money at it. So what I would say is, well, why don't we try sponsored brands and put together a great video? Or why don't we try sponsored brands with custom creative and target ASINs of competitors that are similarly priced and are similar offers? Why don't we use sponsored display to um, look at like similar audiences and try to address people in the mid or top of funnel. There's a lot of ways to run around just that one keyword and deploy your money in other places that's a bit smarter instead of just slamming it all down on black and spinning the roulette wheel. Um, that's kind of my, my, my take on it at this point. And uh, unfortunately, I have a, a similar story of somebody that approached me to, uh, to see why they were spending so much and if I could, if I could help them. And uh, I shared this probably two weeks ago 
on Facebook and uh, I, I removed the, the information that would um, say who they were or what the product was <laughs> or anything, of course. But uh, $120,000 spent, uh, about 80% of that was in two keywords. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what the keywords were because mm-hmm. you cannot ever find what the product is with these keywords. Okay? <laughs> That's one a bad was, sign. One was both of them one word keywords. Okay. Oh, supplement. That was one supplement. The other one was vitamin. No was, way. So they spent 120,000 and they got 25,000 in sales. 120 spent, 25 return. And I saw this and, uh, and it wasn't just like, uh, you know, 10 days of ads that they spend 120 this, this no. kept going so i'm like oh my oh, gosh this was set it and forget it and they were paying for for somebody to do that is almost criminal spending money on keyword like supplement like yeah yeah i mean that's that's if, if i met that person at a ppc conference that's grounds for um for uh you know rejecting them from the guild of ppc managers you know that's that's a capital offense yeah and <laughs> they're gonna go to the ppc gulag for that that's that's no good uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean like if you, you you use a keyword like vitamin on your campaigns like what if uh what if and and uh, i'll tell you something the main vitamins that people want to buy and search for is a b c uh b12s and it's none mm-hmm. of those it's one of those that it's in a very particular niche uh, interesting it's like a fringe yeah yes uh, so- well i mean hey you know the the keyword vitamin I'm not opposed to running that keyword, uh, but that'd be a 25 cent bid in a low bid manual campaign, or maybe we'll pick up a sale once every couple of weeks and we're you know bidding minimal amounts of money on it. Uh, I, I have no idea what the CPC bid was there. It sounds like it was hyper aggressive and that's not going to work. So yeah, we're there, talking you about know, there's, there's a right price time. to pay for every search term that exists out there, as long as it's somewhat relevant, you know, uh, but what, you know, 25 cents, 15 cents is probably more aligned with what that is. Yeah. Not, not $5 and 45 cents. No, no, no. Oh yeah, definitely not. Oh, that's awful. So, yeah, I hate to uh, hear that. that. That brings me to another point. When it comes to relevancy of a campaign, uh, I'm guessing that still is important that the campaign itself has an ad and then that ad has keywords that are relevant to the product. Uh, so because of that, do you do one ad per campaign or you do campaign and then the ad has um inside that campaign, you have four or five ads. Yeah, it's a great structural question. And then this also involves the idea of ad groups, right? So uh, a really common scenario I can give is like, we have three different colors. So imagine we have a, a widget. I don't know what the widget is, but it's a widget. And it has green, red, and black, right? Pretty much always on Amazon, the data that we have over the years is that the black variation of something is the biggest seller, yeah. regardless. It doesn't matter what it is, right? So that one, if I put three of those colors in a, a keyword campaign, uh, you know, just targeting, you know, gener- generic and category keywords related to this product, the black one is probably going to pick up most of the actual impressions, clicks, sales, orders, etc. However, if there are terms where someone is specifically searching for a green one, uh, I would want to make sure that I have an ad group that has just a green one. And then so people are searching for a green widget. And guess what? We're going to drop them at the most relevant uh, child variation on that parent that is the green one, you know, ideally. Same thing with the red one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so typically we uh, we use like what we call like pick a winner, which is like, which is the highest converting or biggest traffic from this. 
But if it's a question of relevancy and specificity in search, then what we're trying to do is deliver that shopper to the most relevant variation. Um, and that can be color, that can be size. Like we've had plenty of apparel clients in the past uh, and apparel is a very, very difficult category for PPC because you need to scale tremendously. Um, and then people have all these preferences for sizes and colors and styles too. Um, so you need to try to get that person at the right place, you know, and, and meet them where they're searching basically. So uh, yeah, I mean, we'll occasionally group ASINs or I guess you could say SKUs because it's at the SKU level in advertising in, in a campaign or in an ad group. But typically we're going to pick the one that's like the best and then go from there because that's where most people are going to end up. If they want to pick a different color, uh, in some cases, they'll make that decision when they get to the listing. You know, we, we can't really tell someone's search intent if we are targeting a competitor listing by ASIN, right? We have no idea how that shopper arrived at that listing. We just know that we're targeting the competitor and they might see our ad on their product detail page. We have no idea what their intent is. You know, maybe they want the red one, maybe they want the green, maybe they want the black. We have no idea, but they'll, they'll figure it out once they get there. Um, so I, I hope that's a helpful framework for thinking about that. Definitely. And then I wanted to ask you about one type of ads that I just recently learned that exist. And I personally, I've never seen them and I have never tried them. Mm. which was geographical geo geo targeting ads by zip codes by postal codes uh and this came from a um, amazon approached me for a type of partnership with my prolific zone agency mm -hmm. uh um so because of the full service option that we offer and they said uh they are looking for something very specific and it's things related to uh, big products that are sometimes too big that people don't want to send to Amazon and they want to be considered a local experience too. And that they started an advertising for Amazon, uh, helping the local economy, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that they're looking for is tire shops and it, they want to do buy online, pick up on store. Interesting. Okay. And then they told me that if I can get tire shops in with them, basically our partnership is uh, if somebody comes into prolific zone and has one of these fields that they want, I will offer my services to manage that account. But Amazon has somebody in headquarters as a team that will do the managing of that account for them for one year. So it have hmm. us and Amazon running that in all um, and, and everything that they can do internally. And it will give them access to these geographical ads where if you want to buy tires and get them installed, you, you have to use geographical ads because, right, you don't want to advertise in, in, in Texas if your tire shop is in Mississippi. Right. right? Or Ontario and Saskatoon. Exactly. <laughs> Right. Actually, I said Mississippi and Texas. I have no clue how far they are from each other. <laughs> Pretty far. Texas is very big. Okay, good. <laughs> Depends where you are in Texas. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, I've literally never heard of that for Amazon advertising. That's on my wish list, along with device targeting. What I would do, who you know, what I would, who I would kill to get mobile, uh, tablet, desktop, you know, divisions and bid modifiers and breakouts and data on mm. Amazon. Like, oh my gosh, amazing. Um, same thing with, uh, yeah, time of day, you know, accurate time of day information, which I know actually isn't a private API. I've, I, there's some tools that are using that right now. 
Um, so, you know, they, they tied the, the time the ad was clicked, what time the shopper was there to when the purchase was, you know, that's a very interesting thing because it lets you understand, uh, you know, here I am, uh, I woke up at three in the morning in France, I searched for something on my phone because I remembered I needed it. I clicked the ad, I put it in my cart, and guess what, I bought it uh, 12 hours later, three in the afternoon, when I was actually after done, you know, done with lunch. So like you get information on that, that's very interesting. But geographic is another one that is definitely on the short list. You know, Google's had this for a very long time. Yeah. And it would be awesome to be able to limit um, you know, let's use it. Let's just say, you know, a bunch of zip codes, like it's, um, it's starting to be summer, right? So we're going to target people who want to buy swimsuits and they happen to live in the bottom half of Florida. Well, I guess most of Florida is always hot, but let's imagine it's beach weather there, right? So we're targeting those people and we're increasing our bid modifier because they're in that physical location. So we think that they have a higher chance of buying. Now, of course, there might be someone who's in Florida, but they live in New York. Uh, you know, can't be helped. There's always going to be some people who are, who are caught in that, uh, you know, in that trap, but it, it's, it's, it's better than nothing. Uh, I, I just didn't know about that for uh, that, that particular thing. That's, that's really cool, Quinn. I like it. Yes. I, I had never heard about it before. And then he told me, so basically if anybody out there is listening, if you have a tire shop or if you sell <laughs> dishwashers or washing machines or beds and you install those, you will qualify for this. Uh, and uh, you, you can have uh, an internal team at Amazon looking at making your your business work uh, with Amazon. So, and and that's, that's how they good. that's how they are considered a, a a local business. Amazon is helping local businesses, right? Uh, which yep. te- technically is like, you know, uh, help me. <laughs> Help me so I can help. How do you say it? Help me help myself. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's it. Help me help myself. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that claim might be met with some skepticism by some circles, depending on where you go. But uh, I mean, Amazon has long had that option to have like the install at home or whatever, where you can, they hook you up with some kind of service provider. Like, let's say I'm looking at a ceiling fan and I'm terrible at home improvement. So I would click on the thing that's like, yeah, add... 30 euros to have a uh, French technician come, uh, you know, from, from a store locally and he would install it on my house properly. So I don't have to futz with it and mess it up. Um, I was like that option. That's cool. Yeah. It's, they yeah. call it the uh, buy online, pick up on store. So the, yeah. they don't, they don't even have to use FBA to, to ship these products. They'll, they'll just hold yeah, them in their own cool. stock. All right. So now, um, is there anything new happening on Amazon PPC? What's going on? Yeah. So I'll, I'll hit you up with one more thing I think is really interesting that I was thinking of before the show here, Quinn, which is that uh, external traffic to Amazon is now being rewarded with that referral bonus, right? Brand referral bonus, which in some cases is up to 10% of the referral. And therefore, if you have effective, uh, let's say, ad spend, you know, paid advertising spend, this is not Amazon ads, but let's say, Google, Facebook, Pinterest, I mean, Twitter has ads. Uh, who else has ads? And most, and mostly everyone has ads, right? It's the mm-hmm. internet. Um, and you have some good conversion rates on there. You can actually pay for a good chunk of your ad spend with uh, this referral bonus. So that's really interesting. And I've been exploring this option and talking to various clients who I know are using other third-party um, you know, advertising platforms to get traffic and you know, make some money on that. Uh, but I think moreover, the, the lesson to take away from this is that Someone at Amazon uh, was counting the beans, you know, looking at the money and decided, hey, it's actually smart for us to incentivize third-party sellers and vendors to send 
traffic to our website because there are still customers out there who don't use Amazon and we'll gain, you know, X number of net new customers on Amazon thanks to this effort. And so we want to incentivize people to do that, not only with financial rewards with this uh, brand referral bonus, which is nice, but also with uh, potentially, uh, you know, a boost to visibility, exposure and organic rank uh, on those product listings. So one thing that we are just experimenting with uh, this month, uh, actually, you know, we, we, we did a little bit of it last year Then we were very focused on quarter four and, you know, onboarding new clients in the beginning of the year. But really, at the end of last month and this month, we've experimented a lot with Google to Amazon traffic. Uh, and we're specifically using something called Amped, which is a tool, uh, you know, shout out to the guys at Amped. They've been really fun to work with so far, really smart guys. Uh, but basically, it's a it's a bridge, right? It connects the Google ad spend with the Amazon API, and it provides a place where you can look at all the data that's related to both platforms. So now we have down to the keyword level information about spend and clicks and all, you know, all the good stuff that's a leading indicator about, about ad spend. But then we get all the trailing indicators, like the actual um, outcome. So uh, how many ad to carts, how many uh, sales, et cetera. Um, you know, and there's a couple ways to do this. I mean, you can send it to the product detail page. You can send it to what's called a showcase page, or you can send it to a storefront, like an Amazon store. We prefer the last one. That's a pretty good one. We've had success with that. And that's the way that they actually have really started to recommend more heavily. Um, but, you know, it remains to be seen. I can't say conclusively, you know, I don't want to lie to the audience here. I can't say conclusively that we've had enough experiments we've run yet to say that the organic rank has shown an appreciable increase. We're going to be ramping this up pretty soon. So if you check back in with me in like two or three months, I'll be able to tell you definitively across several clients and several categories if this has had enough of an impact to satisfy you know, my curiosity and our clients' uh, goals. But my hypothesis going into this is that we'll be able to see an appreciable uh, rise in organic rank for some keywords and for some products we're targeting because Amazon is starting to weight their algorithm towards this uh, and, and effectively reward it. So that's something that's really on my radar. I've been obsessed with that the past couple of weeks um, and talking to many clients about trying it and everything. Nice. That that was something that was on my list to ask you was like Google traffic to Amazon and Facebook traffic to Amazon, which I think is less less good. Let's put it this way. The Facebook yeah. traffic, because there's no search there's no search intent there. While on Google, you can use the search intent to, to to qualify somebody. Exactly. Yeah, these are text search ads, to be clear. This is not Google Shopping, although there might be a facility for that in the future. So it is a bit of a hard transition for some people. But, you know, they see the Amazon URL and they click on the ad. They know what to expect. You have to write copy that's very clearly telling them where they're going to go, what the benefits of the product are. Um, you can use site links extensions and stuff if you, if you code the... Um, the uh, tagging correctly. So you have attribution, but yeah, I, I think Facebook really got kicked in the teeth with uh, iOS 15 too. I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of clients abandon the platform or really reduce their spend on it. Uh, I talked to a guy who was a Facebook ads agency the other day, not feeling good about it. Uh, so definitely, yeah, tough, tough going there on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I thought too. And, yeah. and, and Google, you said when you, when you get somebody from Google, you, your preference is to send them to the store. That right? Yeah. So the uh, the storefront store page, whatever you want to call it, everyone who's brand registered probably knows about this and has one. But you know, you can build a, a dedicated landing page there. Um, mm -hmm. The way that we usually advise or we've used is using like a grid style or like a product spotlight. 
And so what you do is you hit them with the product right away. So they see the product there and they see an add to cart. If you don't have a coupon, the add to cart button will show. If you do, it'll say see buying options, but you want to ideally um, actually not be running a coupon, which is a bit counterintuitive, yes. um, so that they can add to cart and actually check out right from there. The idea is if they get on the product detail page, they might be distracted by ads, other products from competitors, you know, all the kinds of shiny stuff. There's many distractions on the product detail page, which is the way Amazon likes it. But you want to get them in that funnel and get them to purchase as, as best as possible. You know, you can put things like videos and, and uh, high quality photos further down the page on the storefront. But we find that that is probably the best way to do it now. Um, yeah, there's, there's other things to understand, like two-step URLs and stuff. But some of that is, I would say, even considered gray hat now after Amazon's recent uh, updates to TOS. Yes. Yes. So, uh, Brent, we're, we're coming up on time here. And uh, uh, what we'll do here is here in, in a couple of months when you get those results from Google, we'll sure. bring you back here so you can share them. Sounds and, good. I'd love that. Awesome. So for everybody else that is listening, I want to tell you something. This opportunity, and I'm not going to try to sell anything. It almost sounded like it when I started speaking with this <laughs> excitement. Like, I want to try to sell you something. But no, it's actually something exciting that Amazon has that I was also told yesterday by my Amazon rep that Amazon any new account that has brand registry and has to be new accounts, Amazon is giving you like 50 grand worth of benefits. So for the first million dollars you sell, Amazon will give you back 5% of the commission that they took. Uh, so uh, they will give you free warehousing storage for up to, I don't know how many units. They will give you 200 bucks of advertising for free. So they will give you Vine for free, which is 200 bucks. So if you want to check all of this out that I'm saying, uh, you go to sell.amazon.com slash growth. So sell.amazon.com for slash growth. And it explains it all there, um, everything that you need to know. And this is, I think it's only for new accounts. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. Sounds good. So there you go. Uh, Brent, as soon as you know your results, let me know. And then we'll have you here again. And uh, again, this was fantastic. So thanks again for coming. Sounds good, Quinn. Yeah, it's been a pleasure like always. By the way, before you go, where do people find you? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, amzpathfinder.com. You can search my name, Brent Zaradnik, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm working on a personal website that's going to be at brent.bike. Uh, I bought the domain because it's hilarious. Uh, hmm. But that's going to have all my links in the future. If you go there now, I think it redirects to my Calendly page. But uh, yeah, in the future, brent.bike. Maybe the listeners will be able to have that function uh, when you release the episode. So we'll see. <laughs> nice. And that's actually very easy to remember. So brent.bike. Yeah. Cool. You got it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Quinn.